Chapter Three of the Homesteader. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jeff Blanchard. The Homesteader by Oscar Mugeau. Epoch the Fourth. Irene Gray. Men of the type of Jean Baptiste don't waver and despair regardless as to how discouraged they may at times under adverse circumstances become when he was confronted with the law with the papers to take from him the stock with which to seed his crop his mental faculties became busy and in the course of two hours he had been granted an extension on the note and the deputy sheriff had returned to winner as he had come empty-handed but what was he to do he had no money and no credit he had the land in tip county that was broken into winter wheat while that in the next county east was rented he could of course rent some more land and put it to crop but he was for the present through with any more large crops until the seasons became more normal so he was at a loss how to engage himself for the months that were coming he still lived on his wife's homestead and had no plans and nowhere else to live in these days he found reading a great diversion he simply devoured books studying every detail of construction and learning a great deal as to style and effect then he tried writing short stories but like the book manuscript they also came back he concluded after a time that it was a waste of postage to send them around that in truth they were not read and again that there was no future in writer's royalties always anyhow he was possessed with a business turn on his mind and one day he met a man who told him that it was possible for him to have his book printed and be his own publisher that sounded very good anything sounded good in these dark days in the life of jean baptiste this was a splendid idea but it was some time before he was able to find the proper persons with whom to take this up but he finally secured the address of a company who would manufacture a book to exceed three hundred pages for fifty cents per book although this was the most encouraging thing he had encountered in his literary effort the price seemed very high in view of what he had been told he had planned that it could be made for much less however he decided to consider it now jean baptiste had less means at hand than he had ever had in his life not a dollar did he possess not even did he have a suit of clothes any more and wore every day his corduroys he owed the promoters of the old town site of dallas more than he was likely to pay very soon but they still were his friends but to get to dallas fifty miles away was still another problem he went to a bank in the little town where he had other friends from whom he had never asked credit they loaned him what he asked for five dollars with this he went to dallas the senior member of the firm was in town that is senior in age but not in position jean baptiste possessed great personality and to be near one was to affect that one with it i believe you could do all right with that book baptiste this one said when baptiste had told him regarding the company who had put it out for him yes i am confident i can too graydon replied baptiste 
but I'm clean, dead broke. I can't go down there. The other was silent for a moment as he stood wrapped in thought. Presently he said, How much do you have to have to go down there? Oh, thirty-five or forty dollars. I'll let you have fifty. I'm ready at any minute. So saying, he went to a store across the street where he had friends, and there was dressed from head to foot, charging the clothes to his account. Two days later he walked into the office of the printer firm with which he had been in correspondence. They were rather surprised when they saw that he was an Ethiopian, but he soon put them at ease. After several days of negotiating, they finally reached an agreement whereby they would manufacture 1,000 copies at 75 cents per copy. He was to pay one-third of the amount before the book went to press. The balance he was to pay within a reasonable time. An outrageous price, he knew, at least felt, but he was to have all subsequent editions for one-half the amount of the original edition, which was some consolation to look forward to. Another fence. Who would furnish that two hundred and fifty dollars and secure him for the remainder? Besides, what would he do with the books when he had them? Publishing meant distribution, but what did he know of such? He thought these things over carefully and finally decided that he would sell them himself. He communicated this fact to the firm. It was rather unusual for an author perhaps to sell his own works. Jean-Baptiste had never sold anything by solicitation since he had grown up, but when he was young he had been a great peddler of garden vegetables. He would sell his book, and he seemed to convince them that he could. They prepared some prospectuses for him, and back home he returned. He told in answer to the volumes of inquiries that everything was all right, and that the book would appear soon. He said nothing, however, to the friends he had in view to put up the money and that necessary security. He believed in proving a thing, and all else would necessarily follow. He would go out and secure orders there, at home among his friends and acquaintances. But the day he had planned to start was very cold. The mercury stood twenty-seven below zero. Starting in Dallas, he received orders for 142 copies the first day. Very good for a starter. He went to winter the next day, despite the fact that the drought had done no good to the people of that community and town. They were all acquainted with and admired Jean-Baptiste. Besides, they would not see Dallas beat them, and 153 copies were ordered by them. Jean-Baptiste could prove anything in a fair fight, if given a chance. He secured orders for 1,500 copies of his book in two weeks. The promoters went his security and put up the cash into the bargain, and he went back to the publishing house victorious. The printers had evidenced their confidence in him, for they had been so impressed with his personality that they had begun work upon the copy when he returned. In thirty days it was ready, and in sixty days from the time he was penniless, he had deposited twenty-five hundred dollars to the credit of the book in the banks. As he was winding up his business preparatory to interviewing his printers, establishing an office, and going into the book business for a livelihood, he was the recipient of a telegram from Washington, advising that the Honorable Secretary of the Interior had reversed the Commissioner's decision 
which had been adverse to his wife with regard to the claim he had won but as to how he would ever prove up he didn't know nor did he let it worry him he was too flushed with success in his new field he could still hold the claim but it would be his wife who must offer proof of the same and his wife he had not heard from for over a year he did not find his new field of endeavour so profitable when he began to work among strangers indeed while he did business the money didn't seem to come as it should he conceived an idea of securing agents among the coloured people and in that way effect a good sale to begin with this was difficult for the reason the black man's environment has not been conducive to the art of selling anything except those things that require little or no wide knowledge they deal largely in hair goods to make their curls grow or hang straighter or in complexion creams to clarify and whiten the skin yet he succeeded in getting many to take the agency and these received orders and sent for the books he had learned that it was a custom with subscription book companies to allow agents to have the books and give them thirty days in which to remit the money this proved agreeable to his agents however the greater number of them took not only thirty days but life and did not send in the money when they died he was confronted then with the task of learning how he could get the books to them and be assured of his money to learn this he went on the road himself appointing agents and selling to bookstores and it was upon this journey that he met one who had played a little part in his life some years before at a time when conditions had been entirely different with him in kansas city she occurred to him he recalled that it was only twelve miles from the city where her father owned and lived upon one of the greatest farms in the country he thought of the last letter he had received from her the letter that had come too late and then he thought of what had passed since girls in her circumstances would not be likely to waste their sympathies with grass widowers but he wished that he might see her and look just once into those eyes that might have been his but his courage failed him he still had spirit and pride so he gave it up for the time late in the afternoon of that day he was engaged with some acquaintances in the barroom of a club they became quite jolly as cocktails and red liquor flowed and tingled their veins he thought again of irene gray and the memory was exhilarating and the cocktails gave him the necessary courage he was bold at last and to the telephone he went and called her over long distance is this the gray's home he called yes came back the answer and he was thrilled at the mellowness of the voice at the other end is miss irene at home he called now yes it said this is she he was sobered all the effect of the cocktails went out of him on the instant he choked blindly groped for words and finally said why uh uh this is a friend of yours an old friend mayhap you have forgotten me i don't know she called back who are you he still didn't have the courage to tell her but sought to make himself known by explaining he then mentioned the state from whence he came but no further did he get 
it so happened that she had heard all about his troubles following his marriage and woman-like feeling that she had been in a way displaced by the other she had always been anxious to meet and know him oh she cried and the echo of her voice rang in the ears over the wire for some moments is this you she cried now her voice evidencing the excitement she was laboring under yes he admitted somewhat awkwardly not knowing whether the fact had thrilled or joyed her or whether he was in for a rebuke for calling her up but he was speedily reassured then why don't you come out here she cried i i didn't know whether i would be welcome he replied happy in a new way oh sure why wouldn't you be welcome but now her tone changed where are you in kansas city let me see she said and he knew she was thinking it is now four thirty and a train leaves there that passes through here in forty minutes it doesn't stop here but you catch it and go to the station above here do you understand yes yes he replied eagerly well now listen the station i refer to is only four miles above this and when you get off there catch another train that comes in a few minutes back this way see yes yes well that train stops at this station and there i will meet you oh fine he cried i'll be there now you'll be sure to catch it she cautioned most assuredly i will depend on it count me there i want to talk to you i'm going to talk all night good-bye End of chapter 3 Epoch the 4th Irene Gray